Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Creed 2 in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Did you like Rocky? Best Picture winner, uh, starring and written by Sylvester Stallone. Did you like the sequels? Uh, Rocky's two, three, four. Rocky Balboa? Uh, maybe? I don't know. Um, for me personally, I can distinguish at the current present time four of the Rocky movies that exist. The first one, because it's pretty iconic and you know one best picture rocky balboa because he's old and fights a young guy creed because it's creed and creed 2 because i saw that last night all the sequels to rocky 2 and up they blend together for me i don't know if i've seen all of them i don't know who he fights in each one other than well given how often people have mentioned four with regards to creed 2 I assume in four, that's when he fought Drago. I can't distinguish them whatsoever. And for that exact reason, those four I listed, Rocky, Rocky Balboa, Creed, and Creed 2, are the only Rocky movies on my spreadsheet. The only ones I've logged. The only ones I've even like tagged on Letterboxd because I, I'd have to watch the sequels again to really know which ones were which. And that's... I don't know, like, that's my own problem with the Rocky sequels, and I don't know if other people feel the same way. I think a lot of them do run together, and they have some pretty prominent issues regarding uh, separating themselves from each other outside of who Rocky fights. And even then, you know, it's it's not always as clear-cut as it probably should have been. And so... I, I like, I love Creed. I don't think it's as good as Rocky, but I, I really enjoyed Creed. I think Coogler did a fantastic job. Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, Stallone were all great in Creed. And as upset as, as sad as I was that, that Coogler didn't return for the sequel, which makes sense, I, I was really excited for it. I was looking forward to it. I, I thought it was going to be, uh, I don't know, just a continuation. I, I hoped that um, Stephen Capel Jr. Would, would really be able to pick up with Coogler's style, uh, maybe add a little bit of his own flair to it and, and really bring us something uh, even, even a little more, you know, different and unique relative to the, the first Creed. So I saw it last night uh, in, in Dolby which was great, very loud, uh, the, the sound was, was spectacular, uh, especially during the, the fights, uh, you know, it really, you felt the punches, you could hear the, the gasps of breath from Jordan and, uh, and, and Montan, Mont, Montanu, Florian Montanu, who plays Victor Drago, uh, but here's, here's where things sort of broke down a little bit because as opposed to getting you know an invigorating and special sequel to Creed to Creed with Creed 2 what I actually felt like we got was more of a Rocky sequel in such that outside of the villain 
a lot of the film is pretty typical. Uh, it kind of runs together. It drags when we're not in the boxing ring. It's long. It's more than two hours long. Yeah, the performances are great. Uh, it's fantastic to see Stallone and Lundgren again in the same scene, uh, you know, as Rocky, as uh, Ivan Drago. But even with the nostalgia factor, I still felt underwhelmed a little bit. Not to say the film was bad. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's an okay movie. And it has some pretty fantastic sequences. And furthermore, I really like the Drago side of this, this story. I like the conflict. I like what they, the sort of dimensions they gave to Even and Victor. Uh, how they, you know, after the events that took place back in Rocky IV, you have, you know, Drago who ends up killing Creed in the ring, Apollo Creed in the ring. Rocky goes to Russia, beats Drago on his own turf. You know, that's, that was a big deal. That was huge uh, at the time. And <clears throat> this film uh, really p tries to pick up those pieces, uh, tries to make use of that established history. And that is both a blessing and a curse because... It gives you a great foundation for this, for Creed 2 to really springboard off of. But at the same time, it does kind of drag you down into, I know exactly where this movie is headed. I know what has to happen. This, that, the other. You know, it, it just like, we're checking off boxes along the way. And there's a way to do that where... It doesn't feel monotonous, where it doesn't feel like we're just kind of running in the same, running in, in place, as I feel like a lot of the original Rocky sequels felt. But I don't think Capel Jr. did enough to distinguish Creed II in a way that makes it feel like its own unique experience. Right? Because we already have Creed. You know, we got that. So this is this is trying to build off of Creed. And he does it... What he tries to do... He does two things with this movie. The first thing that we're, that we're looking at is the whole Creed and Drago conflict. Now we've got the history of that. We've got both Rocky and even Ivan Drago in this movie. You know, they share scenes together. We get to see them face to face, which is great. And then we've got Adonis Creed, Michael B. Jordan, and Victor Drago, Florian Montanu, establishing their own rivalry. And they they make that's it's competently done in the film. The other side, the other thing that this movie is doing is we have Creed uh, Adonis Creed's personal life, which I don't <sighs> I hate to say it, but like I really couldn't get that invested in it. You know, it's it's not that it wasn't compelling from a narrative perspective. It's that it wasn't compelling as it was written. I think uh, the everything that involved Tessa Thompson. I love Tessa Thompson. I think she's fine in the film, but I also felt like she just kind of. Her character—they didn't know what to do with her character, and 
you know, I mean, I, I think the same thing happens to Adrian in Rockies in the Rocky movies, but they they kept they they I feel like they threw everything they could at Tessa Thompson's uh, Bianca and just hoped that some of it would stick, and I think it just really didn't. I don't think they they really thought it through enough. They're throwing all these relationship issues at the two of these characters, and it was just it was just complete overload and it really bogged the film down for me in a way that I, I couldn't I was just like, okay, bring back Drago, bring back Drago. I just put Drago back on the screen. Like that's where the energy of this film is. That's what we need. And I the film trying to do way too many things at once and it really loses itself and loses its focus. And especially for this this familial side of the story, which you know, for the first hour and 40 minutes, hour and a half, it's slowly kind of unraveling around around them. And then they try to sew it up in like two minutes with like one conversation. And it's not, you know, maybe you could just say, hey, let's put this off. We, we can't deal with this right now. I need this. This needs to happen. That needs to happen. We're not in a place to handle this. But the film tries to say, like, oh, no, we're good now. I don't think that's how that works. Uh, it, it seemed too easy. It seemed too simple. You, know, you spend all this time establishing that there's problems and that, you know, there needs to be a resolution. And, and, and yet you put two minutes and, like, five exchanges of dialogue together, and that's supposed to solve everything. So I really I really had issues with that aspect of the film. Now, as for the fights themselves, we get three big fights throughout this film. Uh, I guess more like two and a half. Uh, there's half a fight in the beginning where with Adonis and some guy who doesn't really matter to the to the narrative, and then we get two fights between Adonis and Victor. Because they have to, right? You can't, you can't put one fight between the two of them at the end. That's way too much buildup. You need something in the middle for to to kind of get us through to the second half of the film. There needs to be a a a, a bottom for our hero to climb up from. And I was really when we entered this main, the first main fight between Adonis and Victor, I wasn't sure how it was going to resolve. I knew where the characters needed to be in terms of, you know, the story, but I wasn't sure what we were going to do to get there. Maybe I would have had a better understanding if I really understood boxing from a more technical like rules standpoint. I don't watch it outside of movies, but I liked what they. I liked how the first fight resolved itself. I thought that that was in character with the people involved in the fight, the people outside of the fight, and I thought that it gave us a good place for both Victor and Adonis to rebuild themselves and reestablish themselves for the final fight at the end of the film, and that's. Part of the thing is that I really wanted more on the about the about the Drago side of the story. That really compelled me. I was very interested in it, and 
obviously this is the Creed movie. We're going to see things from Creed's perspective nine out of ten times. But I felt we've seen the Creed Rocky movie so many times now. I want to see the Drago side of this movie. His story is far more interesting to me because it's one we haven't exactly seen. He's... You know, he, we, we get these snippets of him and, and, and Lundgren as, Eva, as Ivan, you know, palling around with Soviet officials, uh, training, you know, do, working the, the political channels of this circumstance, which is great. And, and I, again, I want to emphasize, I loved almost every scene that um, Lundgren and Montanu were in. I think as soon as they stepped into the frame of the shot, it was electric. And I could have only wanted more. And I think there was plenty of ample space to cut a lot of the personal drama going on between Adonis and Bianca. The other side of this movie is Rocky himself. Now, obviously, Creed has a pretty important history with the Drago family. But so does Rocky. He was there when Apollo died. He fought Ivan uh, in Russia and beat him. Uh, you know, it really, you see the difference in like height between Rocky and Ivan. And, uh, you know, it was prominent back then. It's still prominent now. Both guys are like huge. They're still buff. And it looks like they could really go like 10 rings against each other. Or ten rounds against each other in the ring now, uh, but Rocky's wrestling with his own demons in this situation. You know, he feels guilty about what happened with Apollo. He doesn't want the same thing to happen to Adonis. He, you know, he, he they, there's a there's a scene between Rocky and and Drago. Uh, fairly early in the film, before either of the two fights between Adonis and, and Victor take place, where they kind of catch up, there's a little tension, there's a little, you know, good to see that you've, you know, had a, made a life af after, you know, destroying mine from Drago, and, you know, Rocky just really wants to put all this stuff in the past, and kind of hates that it's all being dredged up again. And I think that in an effort to give us the Creed story, which I understand, we really sacrifice the Rocky side of things. And not that I want this movie to be about Rocky, but I think there's a much more compelling relationship happening between Michael B. Jordan and Sylvester Stallone, as portrayed in the film, than there would than there was between. Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson. And I think that there was a lot of emotional damage and emotional scarring that was that could have been uncovered between these two storied fighters who you know have their own legacies who who've really set themselves apart and made names for themselves and they both have a relationship with the enemy in this movie, in, in both Lundgren and Montanu as Drago and Drago. And so I, I don't know why we couldn't get more from that relationship. You know, there's big chunks of this movie that Stallone isn't even in. 
there's long periods of time where the two characters don't even interact. Uh, it's it's really frustrating because I thought I think that would have made for a much more dynamic relationship and uh, dynamic resolution at the end of the film. As it is, as the film stands, I think we have a we do get a strong resolution at the end. I really like how the final fight plays out. I thought it was well scripted as a as a fight, as far as the the story is concerned. Uh, and I think that it packs a punch. You know, you get these nice moments at the end. You know, with Adonis. Uh, you know, kind of reconciling his own fate with his his you know late father uh i liked how much we got felicia rashad in this film as his mom i thought she brought a side of things that really needed to be there uh that touch that gives you this hey look i i i've been through this I know exactly what happened. Don't try to tell me that you know this means more to you than it means to me, etc., etc. I thought there could have been even more of that. Uh, Wood Harris as uh, Tony Burton, who is uh, brought on as one of the trainers for Adonis at, throughout part of the film. You know, I I thought he was just fine. I think he was just there. Uh, he didn't really give me a lot. If if I'm being honest, I, I wish. I wish we could have seen, I don't know, he, he just kind of was underwhelming. He was just very lukewarm as a character. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like Again, I think it's a fine movie. There's plenty of good things, uh, some some undercooked, under underwhelming things involved in the film. It's not, you know, there's there's a moment towards the end where, like, the the, the Rocky theme kicks in, and, man, if that doesn't get you... You know, it's it's empowering, it's strong, you know, there's a scene early on with both Ivan and Victor Drago overlooking the Rocky statue in Philly, which I loved. Just, you know, this just this crowning achievement placed on the guy who destroyed their lives. Like, how, uh, how do you not, like, I love the, the symbolism and, and the themes involved in just that shot of them looking at it they don't even say anything just looking at it uh yeah like there's a lot of great stuff in this franchise and i i think the film focuses too much on the things that aren't as meaningful at least in this particular story now now if we wanted to do a different movie where the enemy wasn't drago where where it wasn't this big huge imposing force of a of a of a of an enemy you know maybe then i think they could have explored all of these scenarios and situations involved with bianca and tessa thompson's character but given the circumstances i really think that the movie loses itself by letting her be more almost a bigger force than drago and, or rather, at least making her side of the story almost independent of Drago and his conflict with Creed. And I, I, 
I think I just feel like from a narrative perspective, that's where the film mostly breaks down. So, uh, I haven't given it a perfect uh, a score out of a hundred just yet. Uh, I am on Letterboxd two and a half stars. Uh, again, it's okay. It's it's totally fine. You're gonna enjoy a lot of it when you watch it. I don't think it's gonna like, but I don't think it's gonna you know make your top be your top Rocky movie be your you know, it's not better than the first Creed. It's not going to be better than Rocky. It's just one of those sequels, and it's fine. It's just fine. And uh, that's about it. It's about it. Um, so that's pretty much it for today's episode. Not going to go into spoilers. I don't think there's too much to spoil because it is a Rocky movie, so it kind of has a pretty strict narrative that it follows. But, uh, yeah. I, I don't, again, it's Thanksgiving, it's going to be fun, it's it's going to be, you know, you're going to enjoy watching it if you have any joy watching the rock, previous Rocky Creed movies, uh, this one is just another of that, so you know exactly what you're getting. But that's it uh, for today's episode, uh, thank you for listening, please enjoy the holiday and... Uh, eat a lot of great food. I know I will be doing the same. Thank you for listening. And uh, now the outro, courtesy of Meg Berquist. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to listen to more episodes, you can find this podcast at circleoffilm.com or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. If you'd like to follow Ryan on Twitter, you can find him at circleoffilm or contact him through email at circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash circle film for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you again for listening and have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fails.